Hey y'all, I'm Kua. And this is Kendra. And this is the Black Gems Dive In Podcast. Podcast about inclusive cultures and everything DEI. Hey Kua. Hey girl. How you doing? I am great. Good. It's a Tuesday. It is a Tuesday. And we're back. We had to take a week off. Right. We had to collect ourselves. Yes. We always talk about mental health and making sure you take a breather. So we had to collect ourselves and make sure that we came back with some some hotness for you. Yes. So, so excited to be back. Episode five. five. Episode five. So uh, we're halfway through season two. That came quick. It did. That came it really quick. Did. So what's been up? What's What's going on in your world? Uh, you know, just making sure again, I'm really focused on mental health, really focused on just mental clarity. Mm. We all, we keep talking about this, Mm -hmm. but really focusing on going to the gym, eating right, just making sure that you are right mind, body and soul. So that's really what I've been focusing on. And I think we talk about this all the time, but I feel great. Like I have the most clarity that I've had in a very long time. It's, I mean, and it's, it's a science and we know when we eat well and we exercise, we hydrate ourselves. We know when we do that, right. It's always a better outcome, but Ooh, it'd be taking time to get here. It does. And you know, summer's coming up. That's definitely a great motivator. Yes. We got the vaccine. So fully vaccinated, fully vaccinated, bam, bam. So we keep saying this, but if you haven't gotten vaccinated, definitely do your research. Yes. um, Ask the necessary questions, but make sure you're protecting yourself and your family. I'm about to be outside. (laughs) I cannot wait. Summer 2021. (laughs) Yes. So, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens essentially. But like, no, I'm ready to be out. Yes. And about out and about summer outside so uh we we want to give thanks to our sponsor leadership buffalo Mm -hmm. uh this is our last sponsored um podcast with them yep really appreciated their support uh what do you want to say about leadership buffalo i mean leadership buffalo again we keep saying this but it's been a great opportunity with definitely connecting with people around the region Mm -hmm. um and understanding and knowing um just about different issues within our our local area right um we, you know, being a part of Leadership Buffalo, I graduated in 2013, and I still am connected yeah. with my yes. classmates, which yes. is a very, it's a testament within itself. As Absolutely, well. and I am too. And I mean, graduating in 2014, the best class ever. Oh, okay, cough, cough. <laughs> but um, yeah, just really excited to even come back around this time and do some work with them. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the conversation last week around cultural humility that went really well, um, and that was actually the biggest attended. Um, of the conversations that we've been having. So mm-hmm. we've been talking about doing some more there around the diversity, equity, and inclusion space. I know that they have brought on some other consultants to do some work. And so it's exciting to start to see businesses really take on the initiative that they brought up last year. Right. Um, and I think Leadership Buffalo is very poised to be a leader in that space and continue to be. So excited to see what comes from them yes. in that regard. And yes. we want to thank them for being our first sponsor. Right. Right. Damn. Yes. So thank you, Leadership Buffalo. But speaking of Leadership Buffalo, we yes. have an amazing guest on our yeah. podcast this week. So Mr. Darnell Haywood. Darnell, welcome. Darnell. Thank you for coming. Welcome to the chair. Thank you. Um, so, you know, Darnell is a Leadership Buffalo current member, yeah. current participant yeah. um, for this year. So Darnell, we'll, we'll read your resume in a little bit in your bio. But tell us about Leadership Buffalo and your experience thus far. Uh, you know, Leadership Buffalo, uh, I was very interested in joining last year. I believe Kendra actually invited me to Mm, an event uh, that was at the Beverly Grace Center. Uh, But at the time, we already had someone at the bank that was registered uh, for the class that I'm in now. But uh, I'll say so far, uh, this is going to be my third event uh, with Leadership Buffalo in the next two weeks. Uh, I think it's it's something very interesting Mm -hmm. uh, to be a part of. I do think that uh, there should be more of uh, a diverse individuals in the class involved mm-hmm. just so that um, just from the top down that they can understand the city and the needs of the city mm. um, and to help make Buffalo a better place as well. But um, I'm excited to be a part of it and ready for this journey that's ahead. Yes. Yes. Awesome. And so Buffalo, I mean, I'm excited because they have made DEI a priority and mm-hmm. to your point you know, introducing more, um, whether that be people or 
um, different spaces. I know they like for health day, they'll come to Evergreen and we talk a lot about substance use and drug user health and all the different programming that exists um, that is more innovative that people are doing. So I'm excited to see what happens with them uh, in the near future. I know they had to pivot because of the pandemic. Yes. And so your experience is a little different than ours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your, I mean, so out of the, the things that you've done so far, like what's your favorite, I guess, uh, topic? You know, it. we really haven't, we only went through the the poverty and hunger so far. Okay. Uh, just okay. because January, of course, um, it was our opening retreat. So gotcha. we just went over the disc training. February was the uh, hunger and poverty. Okay. Uh, and uh, I can't think of what the one is in two weeks. We just got the information today. Gotcha. So I haven't even looked at my email. But uh, I, I'm interested to see yeah, what, what yeah. what's going what's gonna to come of it. Um, I know we have a very interesting class. Um, we're going to all meet each other for happy hour this Thursday. Oh, nice. So, there was um, a lot of happy yeah, hours, of happy hours. Yeah. and networking. <laughs> and, and com- But that's honestly what, you know, where the magic happens, mm-hmm. I think, in that, that networking and meeting people that you continue to stay in touch with, to right. your point, Kendra. Right. So definitely utilize the network. Yes. Yeah. So we are going to dive right in. Dive right in. Um, but before we do... You're going to talk about Darnell, our, yes. our special guest. So we got super excited that we didn't even ask Darnell for his uh, bio. Because <laughs> oh <my laughs> we were goodness. just so happy that Darnell, a.k.a. DJ, um, was on our podcast. If you don't know Darnell, get to know Darnell. Darnell's yes. awesome. Um, you definitely do a lot of powerful things in the city. But I did find a brief bio on okay. you um, from Business First, which you recently were awarded the Idea yes. Award. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and a promotion. Motion at Bank on hey, Buffalo. Yes, okay. as a community responsibility officer. Um, and what um, Business First says about you is that you are a defender of diversity in mm. all areas of your life, professionally and personally. You engage uh, people locally about banking, including financial literacy classes in the Northland Corridor, and you help um, establish and facilitate diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives that strive to make everyone feel highly valued. Um, you were born to be a mentor, which I can attest to for sure. Um, and mentorship has, has been extremely important outside of your work. And as you, you serve in many programs through Riverside High School, Say Yes Buffalo and Junior Achievement at West New York. And you also serve um, with the Buffalo Niagara Diversity and Inclusion Council, Council, the Black Achievers of Western New York Museum, and Buffalo Urban League Young Professionals. So I just would like to welcome Darnell to our podcast. Welcome. Thank you again. Thank you. Welcome. Yes. We I, I love our, our guests. I know. We always have like top of the line guests on our on our podcast. And so we're excited to uh, welcome Darnell. And we're gonna dive dive right in. Dive right on in. So um, the hot topic of this week comes from uh, USA Today, mm-hmm. and they talked about what the Grammys got right and wrong about diversity from Beyonce to BTS. And yes. so if you didn't know, if you didn't watch, uh, the Grammys aired this past weekend, mm-hmm. um, and there's a lot of conversations that are happening right now around what occurred, what surprises, what was different. Um, and if you remember, in the last few years especially, there's been a lot of conversation around diversity and lack of diversity as it relates to the Grammys. So, you know, artists, and this has been going on for a very long time. Yes. Like when you think about the best um, artists of the year, mm-hmm. you think about album of the year, uh, best new coming artists of the year. Mm-hmm. There's always been conversations around who deserves that title, yes. who's even nominated for that title, um, and the people that get left out of that as well. And so this year, actually it was last year where um, – there was a lot of conversation around needing to diversify and that process. And they wanted an open process to understand how these decisions are made um, about who's getting what. Right. And so they came out with this whole diversity and inclusion program from the Grammys. And during the Grammys, it was very visible. Mm -hmm. Uh, They were putting up, I think the interim president is a black man. And so when he was up Mm -hmm. there, they had something that said diversity and we're doing all this, but he's an interim president. So that was something that people talked about. Um, and then they talked about the process again. So 2021 Grammys, you, you know, it's in a pandemic. We know it's going to be a little bit weird, but one of the biggest things, um, you know, in terms of the criticism that came from it was the recognition of people of color. Those artists were recognized in the pre-show. So it yes. wasn't even done during the show itself. Right. 
Right. And even, I, rem- I mean, I looked at um, something on social media with Tiffany Haddish. Mm. And she was hosting a show. Uh, one of her shows that she's on. And in her ear, the producer said, you just want a Grammy. And yes, um, I did and see she that. literally said to the, to the little kids on her show, she said, you know why I'm crying, why I'm getting emotional? Because if you can do it. You know, you wonder if you're good enough, hmm. but I've arrived and I'm here. Hmm. And it would have been great to see that on stage. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah. So, DJ, you want to chime in on that? Well, you know, I, I didn't really watch the Grammys. It was off and on for okay. me. Okay. Okay. But um, just seeing how a lot of the artists even stuck to let's say from from Beyonce from not performing. Mm-hmm. She didn't perform because of, of course, the lack of diversity. And then even like um, we had spoke about earlier before, The weekend, who was snubbed, mm-hmm. um, which you think of every Super Bowl. The artist that performs for the Super Bowl is normally uh, getting a Grammy or some type mm-hmm. of award the following month, um, which is the Grammys. And for him to be so spectacular to perform with the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. why wasn't he getting awarded for a Grammy, which right. I do understand as well. Right. So. And so, you know, they honored Beyonce, and, and that was mm-hmm. a big moment where, you know, she has now the most. The most. Yeah. The Is most. It? The yes. most Grammys um, ever, male and female, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so that was a big moment. Um, her and Meg Thee Stallion were on the stage. Um, I think, who else was honored? Dua Lipa, Taylor Swift. Uh, but they, they talked a lot about some of the things that they didn't get right. Mm-hmm. And so BTS was a group that you think about on a global scale mm-hmm. is huge, humongous. And they were, were they nominated? They weren't nominated, right? I don't think they, I, I don't didn't, think I don't think they were, they weren't nominated. So that was a big surprise. Yeah, and then they, definitely. you know, there's a lot of conversations even on that global level. So the global artists and what mm-hmm. that looks like. Um, I know Berna, was it? Burner Boy Burner got Boy, yep. he got um, a Grammy, but it's the way that they even phrase what that music is. Mm-hmm. Um, same with what they what they put out around like what's a rap album. What's you know who was it that got snubbed that year? Uh, was it Kendrick? I, I so the, it was a category that had Kendrick. Um, what is the album? Good City, Mad. Um, y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> good, good what? Good Kid, Mad City. Thank mm-hmm. you. We got to hit up our producer, Jamil, behind the scenes because he'd be doing this, this music. So Good Kid, Mad City. Um, it was Drake's album. I think, um, was Jay-Z on that too? There was a bunch of them and it ended up going to the white guy who had a pop album. Yeah, it, I, yes, I, don't, I, I forgot what year it was. Macklemore. Ma- Macklemore. Mm-hmm. It ended up going to him. And so these, there's a lot of moments like this mm-hmm. in Grammy history mm-hmm. um, where it's just like, what the... Yeah, but you know, to go off of that though, Diddy last year mm-hmm. um, called out the Grammys, and this was um, during uh, I think it was Clive Davis's gala. Oh, okay. Um, and you know, and everyone tuned into this because he basically said, you know, we are putting our blood, sweat, and tears into this music, and we're not getting any recognition. And so he challenged the Grammys mm. and said, you know, we are here and to make, you know, what he said, truth be told, hip-hop has never been respected by the Grammys. Black music has never been respected by the Grammys to the point that it should be. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. he challenged the Grammys for this year to, to do better and to be better. Um, and so we're seeing a little bit, a little bit of a change, but mm-hmm. not enough. And so I think, you know, there were definitely moments – that that were in support of inclusion, mm-hmm. right? So we saw uh, Meg Thee Stallion and Cardi B perform WAP. That was a performance that they did, although they were heavily criticized Definitely. in terms of the yep. performance itself. But then you think about past performances like Madonna. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. What was that, Like a Version, where she was rolling around the stage yep. and um, touched for the very first time. But mm-hmm. then, you know, when you compare that to the outrage, I guess, around Meg and and um, Cardi, there was a lot of conversations about right. that, but they still represented. You know, they yeah. were there. Uh, her one song of the year for I can't breathe. I can't breathe, and that was a reflection of the country's racial reckoning mm-hmm. reckoning that happened this past summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people were talking about that as a moment. Little baby performed the bigger picture, which uh, confronted police brutality. Yes, and so there were some messages yes, still definitely. portrayed. But what what the other message was, was, okay, we see this representation, but it's in the performances and not in the awards themselves. Correct. You know, so I don't know. I think obviously there's a lot um, that that we have to work towards. Mm -hmm. I say we, we ain't doing none of that, but (laughs) there's a lot that they need to to work towards. It's 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 definitely a start. 
You know, and, and then there were some other things that were highlighted too. So classic pride celebrations. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Rain on Me, Lady Gaga won for best pop duo group with Ariana Grande. And that was a win for the LGBTQ community. Um, and they talked about Harry Styles and the feather boa that he wore uh, during the Grammys and his cover of Vogue and things like that. So they're talking about this gender bending conversation as well. So mm-hmm. we're seeing some things happen, but there's still yes much work to do, I much guess. Work. And we need to you see know. if it's going to be sustainable. Right. You know, how are they it's improving? Hot right now. It's hot right now. It's the hot topic. Right. And if they didn't address um, what was going on, then you really would be like, okay, what is going on? But even for me, so I was in and out of the Grammys as well, but Little mm-hmm. Baby's performance. Now, I'm not big on what I call the new rappers. Y- yes. You know, these new age rappers, but Little Baby, he did his thing. Yeah, I mean, he brought in so many. Killer Mike, I think he brought right. in. Yeah. Right. Tamika Mallory. Like, so many people that he brought to the stage with this powerful message with the visuals. Right. I think that was the, that right. was the key there. Right. And so that was that was a great performance. And I think he got his message across. He did. Um, um, exactly mm-hmm. just across period i mean the performance is great you know right. i'm i'm a i'm a little baby fan well, i know you are. so uh, <laughs> it was it was definitely a great performance definitely a great performance and so who um like the best artist of the year or whatever went to billy eilish billy eilish yeah who said that it should have gone to meg the stallion she did mm-hmm. she said that in terms of her performance so again did. you're seeing you know even white artists who come out and say look Enough. <laughs> was it the Grammys when Kanye did something similar though? But he got on stage. BH1. It was the music video awards. Oh, okay. When okay. Taylor Swift won okay. and said, you know, Beyonce, had the you best. had the best album. Yeah, the best. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was a yeah. similar, almost a similar Very moment. Similar. Right, right. But I mean, so yeah, so this isn't new. It's not a new conversation, but um, in terms of just kind of paying attention to what's happening, mm-hmm. what last year really did mm-hmm. was push people to, to be having these conversations. And so. People got to get more uncomfortable, get into that discomfort to really make change happen. So, And you know what? I I mean, maybe I may be wrong if I'm just remembering the Grammys from Sunday. Mm-hmm. But after uh, the Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion's performance, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's when the the Grammys diversity uh, speech was, was given. Yes. Oh, oh. Okay. If if I'm not mistaken, okay. that okay. that's exactly when that speech was given okay. by the interim CEO of the Grammys. And wow. you know they had like a, I mean, and, and you know you see the performance and it is what it, it is. is. Yeah, it, it is. is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. Um, but lastly, just kind of wrap this part up. The weekend did not get a nomination at all. He got right. no nods at all, uh, and he tweeted, "Quote: The Grammys remain corrupt." You owe me, my fans, and the industry transparency, end Mm. quote. And so we know, you know, there's a secret committee. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows who makes these decisions and how and why, but um, people are calling for more transparency. So Mm -hmm. to be determined, we'll see what happens. Yes. We'll see what happens. Yes. So. So. I guess we could keep on going. We we need to keep (laughs) diving on in. Diving on in. to To the next part, and we wanted to talk about the meeting. After the meeting. Say it again. The meeting. After the meeting. After the meeting. Yes, ting. Ting. I-N-G is the important part. So the meeting after the meeting. Right. And um, we wanted to prompt this conversation because a lot of times, especially people of color, um, we we tend to have meetings after meetings. Right? No, we have That's meetings. True. We have meetings after the meetings. After meetings. And so what happens in the space, we want to talk a little bit about that. And what that means. So when you hear Darnell, when you hear the meeting after the meeting, what do you think about? Oh, oh it was something that wasn't said that I think I need to get off my chest. <laughs> okay. At this, okay. At this meeting. <laughs> <laughs> so who's usually at the meeting? It, you know, <laughs> it, the meet the meeting is is basically your uh, your superiors, if we want to say. Okay. But the meeting. <laughs> Who was at the meeting? The meeting. We at the meeting. We at the meeting. You know, we I want to thoroughly enjoy this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and just because, I mean, we talk about this all the mm, time. Mm-hmm. As black professionals, black young professionals, we need to create our own spaces yeah. where we could be authentic, 
where we could turn the cold switch off, you yes, know, and yes. really talk about what we really need to talk about that happened at the meeting. Right. Right. And for me, I don't always have those spaces where mm, I currently work. Mm. And so I have to almost create my own meeting right. through my friends. Right. You know, and which that is also important to have that outside of your, your work group as you well. You have to true. have that outlet. And so we, we talked about this topic because there was an article that we found um, by Kelsey Blackwell, mm-hmm. and it was titled, Why People of Color Need Spaces Without White People. And so she talks about her own experiences of what she was going through. And you can Google this to, to read the article for yourself. Um, but she's feeling charged. She, she talks about some of the ways that she's feeling after um, a specific meeting and talking about backlash if she were to bring up something or kind of state how she's feeling. And so she talks about people of color need their own spaces. Black people need their own spaces. We need places in which we can gather and be free from the mainstream stereotypes and marginalization that permeate every other societal space we occupy. Mm -hmm. She goes on to say, we need spaces where we can be our authentic selves without white people's judgment and insecurity muzzling that expression need spaces where we can simply be where we can get off the treadmill of making white people comfortable and finally realize just how tired we are. Yes. And so these are her words. Um, and so we, we took a, you know, just took a moment to read it. And there were definitely, you could identify mm-hmm. with a lot Almost of what she was saying. Everything she was saying, you right. can identify right. with. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, she also goes on to say valuing and protecting spaces for people of color it's not just a kind thing that white pe- people can do to help us feel better, but supporting these spaces is crucial to the resistance of oppression. Mm-hmm. And so when people of color are together, there can be healing. Uh, we can reclaim parts of ourselves that have been repressed and define ourselves and support one another in embracing who we are. And and I can think about more recently, there's been conferences that I've gone to where they've had specific POC only yes. sessions where you have to be a person of color to attend. But that oh, hasn't wow. been until recently. True. You know, and same same thing, like you are on these virtual conferences and they have the specific uh, places, but also to what I find interesting. And I don't mm-hmm. know how you feel about this too, where you can choose, you know, where you go. Mm-hmm. And there's sometimes where you are in these breakout rooms, mm-hmm. vir- especially virtually, and you will see some of the white participants in the in the virtual breakout hmm. rooms. And sometimes I don't know how to feel about it because I you, we talk about this in the in the article too is of you want to protect your own space mm-hmm. and your peace mm-hmm. and again have these these spaces, but also too it goes on to talk about how white people need to value yeah. this space and yeah. to protect this space as well. Um and so when I see that sometimes in these breakout rooms, I, I get a little I don't know like why are you here type feeling a little bit. Okay. You know what I mean? I don't know that's just how I personally feel. Yeah, I mean and so I know Darnell before when we before we got in the conversation mm-hmm. was saying, hmm, I don't know if I completely agree with this. And mm-hmm. I, I think this is a great space to have that conversation and dialogue mm-hmm. um, because we need to challenge the things that we hear. So what, yeah. what are your thoughts around around this? You know, the, the one thing I will say uh, for me myself is I, I think of last year before, right before the pandemic mm-hmm. hit. And uh, I was a part of the BN360 um, mm-hmm. thing with Buffalo Niagara Partnership. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that um, that I, I, I said in my interview was that I want to create a seat and a space for me or someone that's like me. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we fast forward to now where, um, I mean, you both know how long I've been waiting to have my new role. Yes. And yes. It, it, it's been some time, but right. I finally got my role. Right. And within this role, um, even though it was recently just announced, but uh, a few months ago, I was able to create that space for myself at work. Okay. Mm-hmm. So even though we have a house, my company, we're working on our diversity. We have a full diversity plan. Right. And I am the only p- person of color on my mm. diversity and inclusion committee. Mm-hmm. But they're aware, of, they're aware of that. They're aware of where we are. They're aware of where we need to be. Mm-hmm. They're aware of the challenges as African-Americans, as uh, probably three agents that may work for the whole company mm-hmm. of where we need to go. So I feel that I create my own space and okay. I'm fine with it. Um, I'm my person. I, I, I mean, sometimes I can flip the switch and, and, and flip it real quick, <laughs> but 
I can flip my switch where it's not going to offend anyone. So mm-hmm. the one meeting that we did have is if we're going to have these type of diversity, inclusion and equity meetings mm-hmm. is that we have to talk about those things that may be uncomfortable for one person on the group, which is fine. OK. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if you're if you're uncomfortable, that means that we're doing our job. Right. So, right, I mean, right. that that's how I feel with it. And it's interesting that you said that because in the article it says, um, if you're white, you have a choice about whether or not you engage in uncomfortable conversations about race. Mm. And if you have a choice and you have a choice about how much you feel the racial inequities in our society. If you're a person of color, however, conversations about race are unavoidable. We've pulled it. We've pulled into them whether we've invited such discourse or not. And so what you're saying about, you know, really having these uncomfortable conversations and for you, you embrace them. Right. You embrace these conversations. Uh And we had this talk before we started and you were saying, you know, it's we have to educate, you know, we have to inform and we have to put ourselves into these places. But also, too, on the flip side of that is that it's also exhausting. Right. And so the author goes on to say that um, white people often interpret our mere presence in a room as an opportunity to talk about race, and these are not conversations we always want to have. Mm. If you're a person of color, the reality of racism is neither optional nor conceptual. It's a, it is deeply and painfully felt. This is known as embodied inequality, which describes how discrimination ra- raises the risk of any emotional and physical illness among people of color. And, you know, I, I completely get that. But to your point, Darnell, what you were saying, too, is that we do have to inform. But it's really important, I think, on the flip side to have these protected spaces as well so that you can really talk about yeah. how you feel mm-hmm. at the meeting. You need to have the meeting, the meeting to talk about it. But then also go back into these spaces and re-educate and to, and to inform. Um, so I, I see both sides of it as a whole. So it's interesting because I... You know, as and and we're both practitioners in the space. Um, I definitely see the need for having that separate created space. So we think about affinity groups and resource mm-hmm. groups; they exist um, in order to give that space and mm-hmm. give mm-hmm. give more thought behind things that might impact your employees of color. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I will say, and kind of to Darnell's point, we have to disrupt. We have to, mm-hmm. you know, get into spaces and make people think further because you know i think it is one thing to create that sense of psychological safety we talk a lot about that uh where you feel comfortable you can let your guard down um and the article goes on to talk about how in integrated spaces these they're they're patterns of dominance and we've talked about dominance i think in our last episode right Mm -hmm. when you think about cultural dominance who dominates who gets to decide what's right what's wrong and that's white that's male Mm -hmm. you know that's catholic catholic in terms of uh christianity it's all these things. It's rich. It's wealth. Mm-hmm. Um, so because of that, there's certain patterns and things that are legitimized in these certain conversations that you don't always think about until you can take off that cloak of, right. you know, whatever in order to really be yourself. But what I do think is we've had this conversation too, creating more authentic spaces and being ourselves and bringing that more to mm-hmm. these conversations where it's like, yeah, no, I'm not going to you know, say all my INGs at the end of, you know what I mean? Like, I I don't necessarily need to do that. You understand where I'm coming from and what I'm Mm -hmm. saying, but creating more of that value within the conversations of mixed company to say, yeah, we're here, we're Mm -hmm. here. And you have to bend just as much as I have to bend to make room for my presence. And so I think that's the only thing, like, I I agree, we need that separation. And believe me, we all need the friends chat, which y'all are all... Everybody in this room, y'all part of my friend chats at times where you go there like, am I crazy? Did I, you know, this is kind of what I experienced. So you need that. Um, But you also, we need to start challenging people a little bit more. I agree. You know, and and, and making more space and and room for us. Agree. So I don't know. I think, you know, there's a lot to be said in terms of creating that space and what that looks like. But, you know, Darnell, you mentioned you don't have any other people of color do you, you say you don't have? I do. We you have do. we have a we have a few now. Okay, um, you got a we, few. <laughs> we're, we're like I said, we're we're working on. We have a, a diversity plan. Okay. Um, from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one, and now working on twenty twenty two. Okay. But um, we definitely have a plan. Um, I'm excited. I'm I'm grateful to for the last four years being a part of our DNI yeah. uh, mm-hmm. committee, which uh, this year was our first year that. We've actually celebrated Black History Month. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, 
It was great. Um, one suggestion that I did bring on just for the committee itself, like I said, it's baby steps sometimes. Okay, you got to right, okay. take baby steps right. just because you don't want to push it out there like you want to. <laughs> right. Yeah. But um, each month we're celebrating heritages. So okay. yep. whether it's uh, Pride History. Month, Women's History mm-hmm. Month, mm-hmm. Um, we have Arab Americans, um, mm-hmm. Asian Americans. Mm-hmm. But each month we're going to celebrate that particular heritage just because there's a people within the company that mm-hmm. I, I mean, I spoke with that when they met me, I was their first African-American mm-hmm. that they met just because of where the company sits is in, in the, in the middle of an Child. area. So, um, I mean, sometimes Ooh. it is, uh, <laughs> it's like I said, it's always an education piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'll say I've never, got any any form of negativity from anyone that okay. I work with. Okay. I enjoy everyone. Mm-hmm. And I mean if they had a question to ask me, I do have one coworker who asks me questions all the time. Mm. And we've known each other for years, but it, and she always tells me, you know, you're educating me and edu- help to help me educate my son mm-hmm. on certain things that you may go through. Okay. So I I mean I enjoy it. I okay. mean it's okay. it's it's something I definitely right. enjoy. Now do you think though be prior to your your recent promotion do you you think though that you were the one black person that everyone could kind of go to for to ask these questions to just inquire about um you know different cultures um you know because sometimes that can also be a little bit taxing but obviously you have that relationship and, they, mm. and they're comfortable with you um but were you that only person that they can go to because for me i know personally that i I am that person, but I also to make them comfortable to go to other people because mm-hmm. we keep talking about this. We're not mm-hmm. a monolith, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I can't talk about everyone's experience as a black person. I can't talk about every space that I occupy or someone else occupies. So for me, being one of the only people of color in my area, I also want to make people comfortable. So I do say go have these conversations, mm-hmm. go explore the neighborhoods. But are you like that go to person? For them, like we talk about psychological safety mm-hmm. in which they've mm-hmm. obviously created through trust. I don't think I was the go to. Um, I'll say we within this area here in Buffalo, um, it's myself and someone else um, that's very she's very knowledgeable um, in, in all areas. I will say uh, she was my mentor at one point in time. But um, I wasn't really the go-to person. Mm-hmm. But uh, like I said, I was when let's last we think of last year when everything was happening and uh, we had the George Floyd situation to happen. You know, we're customer facing. I never worked from home last year. I was mm-hmm. at work every day. So um, I mean, worker. very essential, <laughs> very essential. So I mean, throughout that, I had to work through two pan- two pandemics. We had the social justice, mm-hmm. the actual pandemic of COVID nineteen as mm-hmm. well, and then you're face to face with people every day. So um, I mean, if anyone ever came to me. Of course, I'm going to give you whatever yeah. whatever question you want to ask. Right. I'm I'm just that type of person that I'll give you your answer. <laughs> you might not like it, but it's going to be the truthful answer. Yeah. yeah. No, that's real. So as your new role, community responsibility officer, and that's a newer role for the bank, correct? Yes, it is. So how do you see this role developing, especially um, in the Western New York area and then other areas that you guys occupy for Bank of Buffalo? Um, definitely. I will say the one thing that I always tell people within my role is to create a sense of community within the bank. Mm. Uh, so when I first thought of this role and I spoke to one of my managers, he told me to create your own title. So I created about six different titles <laughs> and then they picked this one for the one. So I said, okay, let's do it. So, uh, I'll say the one thing that within my role, um, it came to be from when I was a mentor with junior achievement, um, just seeing a lot of our youth, which, I mean, you think about it within a few years, they may be your, uh, I'm not going to say a CNA, but they may be working in those particular Mm -hmm. areas Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. they're going to be helping our parents, our grandparents, Mm -hmm. our family members. And then find on the financial side and also on the career side, they never really had, knowledge of where they wanted to go Hmm. so within my role like i said a lot of financial literacy um 
also with the bank doing uh, career building, mm-hmm. um, career building and credit building, which we've been doing at Northland uh, Workforce Training Center. We're also building a branch there, which I will help oversee. So within that facility, uh, we'll be doing different workshops uh, to help build small businesses around the area, uh, redeveloping mortgage programs. So people that aren't able to get mortgage can go through different classes and different workshops to one become bankable and then two be able to get a mortgage and to get a loan. Awesome. So I had a question because you, uh, prior to us starting the conversation today too, you mentioned like this mentorship Mm -hmm. piece and how important that is for you. Um, and I'm wondering, you know, some of the conversations that I know I, I think about, you know, doing internships or getting opportunities in that way, uh, the article also mentions these unwritten rules for like what is considered professional, unwritten rules for mm-hmm. how you're supposed to show up in the workplace and, you know, present yourself. Do you have conversations like that with the youth that you mentor and, you know, kind of talk about your own experience, especially in a bank. It's a very highly regulated place. You know, Definitely. I feel like y'all got clean desk policies <laughs> and all types of things where it's like, you know, you can't just leave your desk looking a mess. You You have to look the part of a banker. So mm-hmm. talk about your experience in that space. Um, and how did you learn that? And, you know, do you teach this to, to the students that you mentor and talk to? So I actually started, uh, being a mentor back in 2007. Okay. Uh, when I start first started working at HSBC and, um, I think a lot of where my mentors, um, come from people in my family. Um, I learned a lot from, all of my family, mm-hmm. whether it's on my mother's side or my father's side. Um, and things that I've learned, I wanted to also instill in some of the youth mm-hmm. that were mm-hmm. in my mentoring program. So there was, I did have the one time I had a student for four years straight. I had the same student and um, he will always say, Mr. Mr. Why do you keep wearing these suits? Mr. <laughs> Mr. You're so old. And so at the time, I was only 21. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm like, why is this kid calling me Mr.? I want him to please stop calling right, me Mr. Right. So then the, the director of the program kept saying, they have to call you Mr. because you're part of the program. So me still being the age of 21 yeah. saying, you know, I'm still young, though. Why right. are you calling me Mr.? Right. So he's like, well, do I have to dress like this for interviews? I said, yes, you can't wear these pants for interviews and blah, blah, this. And um, we I mean, we had a certain curriculum that we had to teach, okay. but I'm not going to buy by the book. I mean, right, it, the right, best right. way I think that you're going to learn is by giving your life examples and things that you go through. So even throughout the whole various mentoring programs that I was a part of, I would always give um, my life examples. Uh, and I mean, I'm a person I mean, I a church church boy. I won't mm-hmm. even lie. Mm-hmm. I wear a suit all the time, most mm-hmm. of the time. But I do love my Tims and my hoodie, but there's a time and a place for that. <laughs> mm. And and I will always tell them there's a time and a place for everything. Uh-huh. You can I don't always wear a suit. I go out, I have fun with my friends all the time. What do you wear a suit? Sometimes I would do. It'd be mm-hmm. midnight. I might still have my tie on. You never know. But there's a time and a place for everything. So I guess that's the thing, right? Like, and I think that's why the woman in the article is really emphasizing that because what's deemed professional? Who gets to yeah. decide what professional looks like? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these unwritten rules, the the language that we even have to use in these spaces. Um, but I guess, I don't know, that's the question, right? Like, do you find yourself questioning that? Like, what what is your I, thought I, on that? I definitely question it. Um, you know, what what is professional? Is it a, you know, is it a suit? Is it not? Is mm. it a dress? Is it jeans? You know, Um but I also think about professionalism in the way you act as well. Um, but I do question it. You know, am I not being authentic? Hmm. And me wearing my natural hair, is, we talked about this before, yeah, yeah, me yeah. wearing my natural hair, is that not professional? Um, I know working um, in education, one of part of my job is to review policy okay, and to look at our, our regulations and our handbook. And one thing that was in there recently was um, professional hairstyle, professional color, mm-hmm. right? Natural hair color. And I did question it because we talk about natural hair color and, you know, our black students will get in trouble for, um, having, you know, red hair, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Which isn't professional or natural in nature, 
quote unquote. But our white students will come in blonde streaks will not get in trouble. That's not their natural hair right, color. Right. So we have to think about these these things too when it comes to um, just overall equity, but also to professionalism and what does it truly mean. I do think the word is evolving over time. Mm-hmm. I think people are more accepting of people being authentic, but also too if you are coming in just looking like a, a bum, a bum is a bum. You know, the way you look, not saying like that, but like how you look will also to determine how you should be addressed, um, you know, in, in the workplace, which is interesting because I'm going to challenge you a little bit in that, because I think about the tech space, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, an emerging field. This, this thing has boomed, um, but their dress code, you wearing, you wearing whatever. So. Yes. True. So, like, so what whatever. And the, and this is the CEO coming in and, and, and ripped jeans dri- right. and sneakers and whatever. Right. So I guess what I, so basically, so if Darnell's in banking, he's going to come in a suit. Okay. If you're coming okay. tech, you're going to okay. come with some hoodies, jeans, and a t-shirt, you know, with your, your coffee. You know, it depends on what space that you're in. And, but also too, is challenge the status quo. Right. right? Challenge the I will say for me, you know, even working in the school that I'm in, people may say, oh, you, you dress too professional. It's like, but that's just me. Right. You know what I mean? That, that's me. I'm challenging the status quo i'm not going to wear uh leggings and, and sneakers and crocs that's not gonna happen but that's just me i have a, a colleague who uh he won an award one time and they do you know they take your picture and whatever mm-hmm. and he was like he went in his hoodie and his zip up you know zip up hoodie some jeans what he said this is me um and i'm gonna represent in this way now he wasn't a person of color which you know i think i don't know i don't know if you feel as and, and this is the distinction too, because I think we get we get a lot of pressure as people of color mm-hmm. to assimilate, to show ourselves in a specific way. We have to be professional. We have mm-hmm. to talk a certain way because when we get in these spaces, we feel like that's the only way we'll be taken seriously. Right. Um, now I say all that to say we got to start to bring. I, I definitely bring a little bit more of myself. I do too. Yeah. Um, in in these roles and in leadership roles, but um, I don't know. I think. It's interesting because I have a friend who, you know, he he's trying to um, get investors and he get, gets in front of certain people and do pitches for mm-hmm, money. Mm-hmm. And he comes with his T-shirt and his jeans and he's like, take me for who I am. If you don't accept me, I don't want your money. You know, mm-hmm. that's just his his flow. And that's how he was. He's like, you know, initially I did wear a suit and tie, but that's not me. Right. And that doesn't represent my brand. Right. It's you true. Know? Right. I don't know. I it's a lot. It's a lot to unpack is, you know, as I think as black people, again, we do have these layers of, um, are we, should we be authentic, authentic? Should we not? What mm-hmm. should we wear? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, educating, um, our peers and it is a lot to take on. Yeah. It is necessary as well. And we have to, again, permeate these spaces. Mm-hmm. But again, on the flip side, it's also important to have this psychological safety mm-hmm. that we keep mm-hmm. talking about and having these safe spaces where you can be fully authentic, bounce ideas off of right. off of your friends and just totally be you. Because I don't we're unfortunately not there yet fully. Yeah. And it's it's interesting because uh, one of the things I wanted to read from the article, too, is this this comment that she made um and it says imagine that discrimination is like plaque that covered your being at birth mm. and its stickiness are challenges to your worth intelligence and humanity mm. over time as you try to make your way through this you know through the school system find a job and look for a partner it gets thicker and stickier an important way to begin chipping away at this buildup is to be in a space where we can temporarily leave that sticky inheritance at the door and this is the point of those POC spaces, these yes. people of color spaces. So mm-hmm. I think um, there's a lot of conversations around Buffalo and mm-hmm. is it inclusive? Is it inviting, mm-hmm. um, you know, as a city? And oftentimes, you know, we all talk amongst ourselves and says, where are the spaces that we can see ourselves? True. You know, where are the spaces that we can go listen to music that we like, dance the way we want to dance, you know, um, and, and be free in that space. And it doesn't you know, that's something that I think is a challenge mm-hmm. in terms of living in Buffalo. We don't have that many spaces to do that. No. Um, and then when you go to places that are, you know, meant for everybody, you don't see us. We're not right. playing the same music. Literally, you know, we just had this conversation <laughs> recently. And I think even more reason why, like, if you don't see yourself in a city, in a city or in a place, are you likely to stay? That's you know, right. are you likely to want to? tough it out and, and, and put yourself on the map to, to create that space. Mm-hmm. And so Darnell, you mentioned 
And in a lot of aspects, you are doing that, you know, at your current place of employment. I've done that, I know, in the past um, spaces that I was in, but I don't know if I want to do that. You know what I mean? Like, you, yeah. okay, as pr- practitioners, you can be a consultant mm-hmm. and, you know, make means through that way, but on your day-to-day? On your day-to-day, it's very tough. But for me, born and and lived in Buffalo forever and ever and ever. Yeah. I always talk about, you know, do I leave? Do I stay? But I also believe in creating your own space, no Mm. matter where you are, Mm -hmm. you can move to DC, Mm -hmm. you can move to Mm -hmm. Houston, you can move to LA, wherever you are, you still have to create your own space and your own lane. Because if you're waiting for other people to do it, most likely it's not going to happen. Or even if you rely on others to do it, right? Like other people, other people of color, that may not even happen either. You know, you have to create your own lane. And what does that look like? And that's where I'm at right now is creating my own lane and not waiting on people. Mm -hmm. Um, and being unapologetic. Take me for who I am. Yeah. You know, yeah. and being able to shed that is also building resiliency as well. And I think that's what's really important when we talk about these affinity spaces. Yeah. Too. Yeah. And I think the exactly that. Like supporting it, being a part of these spaces, giving people a place. You mentioned it, like, you know, my my organization where I'm currently at, we did a Black History Month uh-huh. program in celebration as well. And I can't tell you how much feedback we got by yeah. saying this is the most visible we've ever seen same it here, before. Same here. Um, we had some really deep conversations. Um, I told you, like, you know, drug user health is, is a part of what we do. And so we had a documentary discussion. Everybody watched Crack on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, corruption. I forgot what the, the rest of it yeah. was about. But um, basically comparing the opioid epidemic versus the crack epidemic and because we take care of a lot of these folks having that conversation and bringing that dialogue and people were like wow i didn't imagine we would have this level of conversation at work um you know in this space mm-hmm. but and, it's, it's important to break down yeah. you know um oppression to break down all these systematic um approaches that's been built up for years and years and years you have to have these conversations and you have to create the safe space to have the conversations right, as right, well right right and that's that's important that safe space that psychological safety um giving people the space to talk but then also knowing when to be quiet mm-hmm. you know and learn or that's when true. to to ask questions and so uh, i don't know the more that we have the conversation about POC spaces. What are, what's the final verdict? What do you feel? You do we need them? Do we do we not? Do we are we trying to do more integration? I know you know you think about Buffalo as a city. It's one of the most segregated yes. cities. I think you need both. You okay, need both. You, definitely you definitely need both. Need you need both. talk about you know Buffalo being segregated, but how do you fix that? Right. Mm. We we need both, and we need more sustainability behind it. We have these great um, programs, you know, Black Restaurant Week mm-hmm. and Buy Back Buffalo. Um, but something that's, that's sustainable where it just becomes habit. Yeah. Um, and, and be able to integrate into, in, into the city of Buffalo. I mean, yeah. I, I think that it's, it's needed, but also too, you need your affinity spaces. You need your safe spaces. Right. Um, you need both. And, and I think even if you're not a person of color, you still have these safe spaces. You still have, sure. you still create it. So, um, I think it's important to have both, but I think you definitely need to integrate in order to make things better overall. Yeah. So I think I agree with both of y'all. Find your tribe. I think that's a big find one. Find your tribe. Sure. Find your tribe. Find the people that you can be your authentic self with. That, that you true. ain't got to put no front on. That you can come and you're going to take all of this um, mm-hmm. and accept all of this. And I think that's one of the biggest things too, right? Finding those spaces where you can just bear it all um, is really important to do. And talk about mental health. I think it's important to your mental health to it be is. able to authentically connect to yourself. It is. Um, take that professional hat off, you know. Go and listen to the music you want to listen to. Go on to the meeting. Go on to the meeting. Log on to Black Twitter. Right. Black Twitter. I think about the um, the meetup spaces that exist, like the professional. I think it's the Western New York. Black Professionals. Black Professionals uh, is a meetup group that meets often and goes to places together. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like, okay, it might not exist, but we're going to create that tribe and we're going to go into these locations together. So I think, I don't know, we got to think outside the box and... Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, find ways to create that safety Mm -hmm. and space. Mm -hmm. So, Darnell, do we tell you, we we always ask our guests a gem of the day. We didn't tell them. Or somebody didn't tell me that. (laughs) (laughs) What is your gem? What do you want to leave the people with? It can be anything. It does not have to be professional in nature. It doesn't have to relate to this conversation. Right. I don't know. A gem of the week. Or the day. Or the the moment. Or the day of the moment. 
I can't think. I can't. Why did nobody? Why nobody want to gym with it? Um. Do you have one? I, 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 I mean, I think going off of what you said earlier, find your tribe. Mm-hmm. I was a part of a women's empowerment event from the Bronx, Bronx Community College last week. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the participants asked, you know, what gets you through day to day as a black woman? Mm-hmm. And I said, I found my tribe. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important, um, especially now. I mean, whether that's text messages, whether it's like, hey, girl, let's go hang out. Right. Whether it's travel. We talk about traveling Oof. all the time, especially because we're vaccinated, you know, um, things like that. But find your tribe because that's that's those are the people who's going to get you through. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's my gym. That's your gym. Did you get one yet? You know, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, but, you know, I, I'm thinking of a conversation that I had last week with a gentleman and um, I was trying to to get some information from him and he said well what are you calling me for i said you know i just want to make sure that we have this seat at the table Mm. and the guy told me he said you know that's garbage you're not going to get anywhere by saying that he said why don't you just be the table Hmm. be the table Hmm. bring the stuff place it on the table and just be the table and absorb and get as much as you can get from anyone Mm. so i mean from that whole the five minute conversation from the gentleman i had i was just looking at uh, at my phone like did this man just come for me i I was so excited to speak with him but um and i understood it when he just said to just be the table just keep absorbing as much as you can and that comes from from anyone i mean Mm -hmm. where it i take every day as a learning process and you learn something every day from anyone so that's about it. That's that's that's, that's, a, that's powerful, right? Yeah, you came up with that real quick. Absorb the Bam. table. Absorb the table. Be the table. Be the table. Be the table. Bring the stuff. And I'm just gonna <laughs> echo off of that. Um, I've been reading this book called "The Power of Moments" mm. and creating space and acknowledging um, our accomplishments and the things that we we do. You know, oftentimes we move throughout life so quickly that we don't take moments to kind of pause and recognize. You know what? I'm doing the thing that I said I wanted to do five years ago. And mm. so create that space. Um, there is power in moments. Uh, and, and make sure that we're paying a little bit more attention to that. So Definitely. I don't know. That's kind of the headspace I'm in yes. right now. I think we're all in just a good headspace. Listen, it's about to be warm. Than last year, though. It's about to be warm outside. <laughs> I'm waiting for this. What are we? I saw some 50s and maybe a 60. I saw Sunday. some 60s for next year. You know, and so people listening in other locations, they're probably like 50s and 60s. Listen. It feels good. It feels awesome. And the sun's been shining. We just went through daylight saving. So, you know, got a little bit more daylight in our day. Mm-hmm. Excited about that. Um, but, yeah, people. Thanks for tuning in. Yes, thank you. So episode five. Episode five in the books. Yes, thanks, DJ. Thank you for the invite. All right, peace. Bye, y'all. Hey, y'all. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Black Gems Dive In Podcast. Make sure you rate and subscribe on all of the major streaming platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Make sure you follow us on our social media platforms at Black Gems Dive In on Twitter and Instagram and at Black Gems Dive In Podcast on Facebook.